4: How's everybody doing? I want to welcome you in to a very, very special episode of NBA Rookie Life with Ryan Hollins, 10-year veteran, Houston Rockets analyst. This episode hits my heart, man, because sometimes as a player, we can't help it. We have an affinity towards the guys that we see ourselves in. If you're a point guard, you're like other point guards. You're a big man, you're like a big man. But if you're a tall, skinny guy, this guy right here was my guy. He was Illinois Mr. Basketball, all-rookie first team, McDonald's All-American, the third pick in the 2000 draft, and one of the most exciting young players to ever play the game of basketball, none other than my big bro, Darius Miles. Now, in this episode, you're going to hear some heartfelt moments. You're going to hear some adverse moments. You're going to get down to draft stories, obviously. We're going to go into the film room. And I promise you one thing, one thing I promise you, even though he does a great job on knuckleheads, you're going to hear something that you have never heard before and have never known. So the thing about Darius Miles that a lot of people didn't know is that he was that hybrid player that intrigued everybody. He was 6'9", incredible wingspan, fast twitch athlete. He was on the cover of Every magazine coming out, and I know today we take our information through social media, through Twitter, and so on and so on. And that's how we we see guys. We get an assortment, we get you know an abundance of information. But back then, you had to go and get the Sports Illustrated off the rack, you had to go and watch ESPN or Fox Sports, you had to go and watch these shows and sit and wait to see your highlights. And when a guy was big, he was major, and Darius Miles was that guy, and obviously still is. So this right here is one of my favorite episodes. Buckle up, lock in, grab some popcorn. Stay tuned, coming up next, we have none other than Darius Miles.
0: Over the top, watch out. Miles from McGinnis.
4: Stay tuned right here on NBA Rookie Life with Ryan Hollins.
0: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? Download the new DraftKings Pick Six app now and use code DK Hoops for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DK Hoops only on DraftKings Pick Six. The crown is yours.
1: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick Six not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co/slash-pick-six-states. Void where prohibited. See terms at
3: slash promos What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least.
4: I want to know this from you, man. For me, I always had the NBA as a dream. But I remember mm-hmm. playing at UCLA. I went down there, and um, it was Joe Johnson, Baron Derivis, Paul Pierce, all those guys in the gym. And I mm-hmm. and I felt like I went back to home. I was, I was, you know, I hadn't even played a, a day of college yet. And I went to my boys and I was like, yo, for real, for real, I think I could play in the league. Like, like, you yeah. feel like it, but I felt like I had that moment. When was that moment? You know, for you, man, For people don't realize you were one of the most celebrated high school athletes of all time. But when was that moment of conversation was like, hey, Darius, you need to go to the NBA or was your confidence to the 10 like, man, I'm I'm gone. Was this always your plan? What what was it or what was that conversation or who had it with you and said, man, this is a realistic thing?
5: Where I'm from, 10th through 12th was high school and 7th through 9th was junior high. Wow. So, when I was in ninth grade, I didn't play in high school. I was I wasn't in high school. I played in East St. Louis, which we only played against two other schools. So I We only had like an eight game schedule. in yeah, yeah. My ninth grade year, but I was playing in the pro am, like with with, with, on, with like Anthony Bovina and Larry Hughes and all that <laughs> stuff. So then I got invited to to go to Santa Barbara to Jordan Camp. So I played in the pro am. And I went to Santa Barbara, and I played against Michael Jordan and with Michael Jordan before I ever played a high school game. So that summer kind of confirmed for me, like, yeah, I'm ready for, for the league. But And I still had three years of high school to go. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I never played. I never stepped foot on a high school court or ever played a game. I tried to play in my ninth grade year, but they told me I didn't go to that school, so I couldn't play in high school. So that's when it was like... That's when this stuff started really getting real. So I'm started seeing like real NBA players that I'm playing against, and like I said, that was my first time of meet Michael Jordan. And I, first game I played against, I instantly guarded him. You know, when walked out there, everybody, everybody running up. from him. How old are you? I'm like, I'm like sixteen. Stop it, bro. Like sixteen years <laughs> old. But I instantly took the challenge, and after that first day, he picked me on his team for the rest of the week. Like the rest of the week, I played with Mike. I felt like I was piped, <laughs> you know what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> and
5: uh, after that, it was just like it was like it was like etched in stone that I, I'm I'm supposed to be going to the league. But I didn't know how the journey was going. I didn't think I was gonna go out of high school. But after that, I knew I had a journey of making get a good chance of making it go, going to the league.
4: I was talking with you know some of the OGs a little while ago, and like our generation, you didn't get compliments. Like we wow. didn't get the like oh you so like. The OGs will beat you up, they elbow you, they hit you, and afterwards be like, yeah. good game, young fella. What was that first time where Mike yeah. kind of gave you some like, clearly you gained his respect by being picked? Was it just the pick, or was there ever what was those that first conversation? The first day we came in, and you know, he
5: had he had all the kids. We had Michael Jordan Camp in Santa Barbara. He had all the kids out there, and you know, they got like a group of college kids out there. Like Q was out there, like the top college kids was out there to play. So he picked, like, three high school kids to, to come out there. And it was, like, me and two. I can't even remember who the two other guys that was with me my first time. But uh, when we first got out there, I was, like, I was on QNM team. So I instantly walked up to Mike and guarded Mike. So, you know, I'm long. I'm fast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm spread. I'm only a, a, a buck 85. I'm six. Like <laughs> yeah. But I'm long and I'm fast. So when I first started guarding him, I blocked his shot like twice. I blocked the fadeaway. I was Stop good it. with time. Stop it. You broke, you blocked the black, you blocked the fadeaway? I blocked the fadeaway. <laughs> I was feeling myself. But this was like the first couple of times up and down. Like I, I, I played good deal, and I'm like, oh, I'm on it. After that, he didn't miss a shot no more. <laughs> like he started pump faking, he started pump faking, and he started. One time he pump fake because, you know, I'm so long. I'm, I'm waiting on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the pump fake and I'm waiting to get up on him. He pump fake and, and like a little jab to the ribs. <laughs> like, hey, hey, watch your ribs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch your ribs. You you, you coming all up on me with your hands. Yeah, watch yeah, yeah. your ribs. I'm going to turn the ribs up. Pump fake again. Like, he showed me the IQ of it hmm. then. Like, yeah, you long, you this, you that. I think he was happy. that Like, he was surprised that, oh, man, you got that much IQ and talent for the timing, how to play defense, the, the structure of it. But then he showed me his IQ of I right, this is how I adjust to a defensive player and like I I think he ran off like the next eight godlee. But after that day, I even crossed him. I even hit him with my famous little right Rid to cross right left, left. Left. and I got and I got it off and uh Man, after that day, I was just on his team, and it was just like it was so much more easier playing with him because he brought so much attention. And this was like this is like the the year after he's retired, like after he won that third, that second third one with the Bulls. So he still is in in mode. So this like ninety (laughs) eight, you know what I'm saying? So like he's still in mode of really the best player in the world. And, like, he, he ran them off. And, like I said, them first, them second days, the rest of them days, I really felt like Piffin, like the assist, <laughs> and he cutting back dough. It, it felt like a two-man game. So,
4: that's how it was. That's unreal. And I, I could see, man, if, if MJ gives you that stamp, um, again, was there – he had to give you some type of conversation.
5: Yeah, but you know, back then, you know, like you say... It we was come, not another a word. But, you know, like you say, back in the day, we didn't give each other props. But before you walk out that gym, if he walked by you or anybody walked by you as a hooper and they they, they put their fist out and give you a dap, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a sign of the yeah, respect. Like, yeah, yeah bro, I, I, I like your game without verbally and communicating
4: it like the way they do now, you know? Man, that's I, I got goosebumps. I got chills because we've seen... There's a photo of you, Q, and, and MJ at the camp. You know, I'm yeah. not realizing, and Q gave us, you know, Q gave us. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna admit right now, Q gave us yeah. a lot of dirt on you. It, 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 <laughs> he gave us a lot of, you know, he gave us some some clipper tails. Some, you know, I didn't know you how far <laughs> y'all had went back. Y'all actually yeah. were boys before y'all were boys. So, tell me yeah. about the process of you and Q, and then when you know it's getting closer, and people don't know. Kevin Garnett was like that unicorn, you know, the, the versatile big man, you know, there were stories of him coming out and you were the first guy, the first guy that got that. This is the next KG. He's like that. Yeah. And I remember you, um, you were making plays, man. You made a play. Cause I was I was the young boy. I was in high school when you were clippers, we were all that. I used mm-hmm. to sneak down to my grandma's apartment and I was, she had cable. We had cable. And I used to watch all the games. I used to be head and yeah. all that. You had a plan <laughs> high school that everybody ran. When you you ran, you took the shot, you got the shot back and you dumped, but you made so many plays. What was it like when you're finally around the draft time? Like when it's coming there, what was that like? What was that hype? What was that anticipation? Man, talk to me. Now we're centering in on drafting, were your expectations like, I'm going number one? Or was it like, man, listen, wherever they take me, this is all gold?
5: Yeah. Initially, when I when I decided to go to the draft, I didn't want to commit unless I was going to be a lottery pick, which the lottery mm-hmm. was like top 12, top 13. I didn't want to, like, if they told me I was top 20 or something like that, I didn't want to take the chances of me slipping and losing the opportunity of messing up a career and have to go a whole nother angle when I could have went to college. Mm. Like, that was one of the big things that they were stressing, and that was one of the things that they was trying to scare guys away from going out of high school. It was like, yeah, it's a possibility if you don't get picked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be be over with And you've seen a few guys that kind of came or got picked real late in the draft or whatever, but uh, I didn't want to go until I was sure guaranteed, like, a, a lottery pick. Uh, I committed to the University of St. John's, and uh, Mm. the coach, Mike Jarvis, he he basically was like, man, I would love to coach you, but man, them folks talking about you top five. Wow. (laughs) So, Coach Jarvis
4: was the first one that gave you the nod that like, don't waste your time.
5: Yeah, Coach Jarvis and my AAU coach, like, they was really keeping me up on it. Because, you know, back then, we didn't have the social media or the real access that we can have now and see certain things that we can see. Now like it was word of mouth or it was like folks having conversations. So my uh AU coach Larry Butler and uh Mike Jarvis was like kind of my my agents and, and recruits and scouts to see wow. what was going on with me. Mike Jarvis kept up with me because he just really wanted to know whether he was gonna really have me or not. He was just telling me I'm a I'm a unique player, I'm like the, the few unique players to come to St. John. Like I'm from East St. Louis, I'm a Midwest kid and I'm talking about Coming to Queens, New York to, to play basketball, and they really don't get these type of recruits. Most of their recruits and most of the players that they have play for them are mostly East Coast. Yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. But I was a big Omar Cook fan. I thought he there was the you go. Uh, he was the, I thought me and him, our games were mesh perfect. I was big on Fab Five, so I was always big on looking to see who I can match up with to. To play the style of game I played, I felt St. John's played the style of game that I wanted to play, up and down, run, and I felt Omar was the perfect point guard to do it with, which I felt it was a good decision because he led the nation in assists his freshman year. So I felt if I went there, I definitely would have got some of them assists. But he told me about, uh, Mike Jarvis told me about the draft, and he told me I was top five pick. When I committed to the draft, after school was out, I moved to Chicago. Me and Q got an apartment together, and we worked out. Every single day, me and him worked out every single day. As we working out, we going to different teams and you know trying off a different team. Q had about 20 teams. I probably had about six. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Like six, because I was I was messing with the like the top six or seven. But the New Jersey Nets had the number one pick. I don't know if he told you this story.
4: <laughs> nah.
5: New Jersey Nets had the number one pick and um uh, they wanted to work me out, right? They wanted to work me out. But I didn't have nobody to work out with. So Q was at the apartment. So they was like, yeah, have Q come work out with me. (laughs) So, you know, me and Q, we very, very competitive. So when we walked in, we walked in as friends laughing and joking. But when we went through the workout, we looked like we was about to fight. (laughs) Like, that's how hard and serious, like, our workout was against each other. That they looking at us like... Y'all, y'all leaving together? Y'all,
4: <laughs> y'all cool, because, boy, y'all going at each other like that. And it was just like that. Who, who popped it off? Because you know when you go out, you try to be chill the first couple possessions, I'm going to play hard. Oh, no. When it comes to him, because cause he was the ball for me.
5: When I first started, like I say, I didn't play high school ball. I, I played pro-wam, went to Jordan Camp. That's unreal. And played AAU ball with q before I even played a high school game. You know what I'm saying? Which is Qnil was gonna be seniors, and I was about to be a sophomore. So this is my introduction to Q. So when I first seen Q, Q was like the man. Yeah. He's McDonald's All American. Their high school team was number one in Illinois. Like Q was everything that I wanted to be mm. and more. He was the first version of a, a like that's that's the example of who you need to become to to Facts. be who you want to be. Facts. So when i seen him, and then I started playing AU ball, and I ran into Corey Maggetti, Jeron Rush, uh, Coleon Young. Ooh. Like, it was just hitters after hitters after hitters. And these was the seniors, the guys who were about to be seniors. And like I say, I, I'm playing on a level, but I'm about to be a sophomore. So I skipped the, even the juniors. I, I skipped a whole other level. But when I seen Q... That was just what it was.
4: Hey, and I want to touch back on what you said. You on the same team with Jerron Rush? People don't yeah. know. Now, we we used to play against them. I we, I just played with them, okay. but Jeron
5: Coleon, Corey Man. Maggetti, they was on the same team. <laughs> like, i they Golly. was I'm talking, Okay. It was Jerron, it was Jeron Coleon, uh Corey Maggetti, Earl Watson, Mike Miller. Yes. Yeah, these are the hitters that we yeah. and, and QNM used to bust that too. Like Oof. we lost one. QNM lost. Well, I ain't gonna even say we because it was really QNM team. I was just a, <laughs> a part of it. But they lost one game the whole summer. Golly. one game the whole every big tournament, everything. One game the whole summer, and the one game they lost was the last tournament in the championship. That's the only game we lost the whole oh. summer. They dominated the summer. That's why uh, Dennis Gates and all them Carter hearing. I got a chance to come up under them before I played high school. So it, it gave me a visual of like, like this is the number one team in Chicago. I'm a Southern Illinois kid. This is the bar I need to be at. And that's, that's what led to them. No, Vernon.
4: You had to see me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm loving it. I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. Talk me through draft day. Talk me through draft day. I want to know who is there with you? Who shows up, man? L- uh, look at y'all too. And, and, yeah. and listen, this wasn't a this was supposed to happen. I'm not gonna say nothing, but we, nah. you know, those who listen back, I'm just gonna let you tell the story. But one, well, first, let's go, who was with you on draft day? Walk me through that, and then we gonna go into how this thing unfolded. Who was there with you? You know, how'd this day go?
5: I brought my mom, my grandma, my granddad, uh, mm. my pops, I brought, brought one of my homeboys, and and that was really it. I don't have brothers and sisters or nothing like that, so uh, I didn't have to bring, like, a crazy amount of people. Like, I grew up in a yeah. house with my mom, my grandma, and my granddad, so them was, like, my my core right there. So that, that was basically who came with me. You know, Q had his his sister, his, his brother, his pops, uh, his stepmom, all that together. And, like I said, me and Q was together all summer, so it was basically me and him and, and both our immediate family. Uh, we went down to draft to Minnesota, man, and I just remember coming down there. And uh,
4: Hold on. Your draft was in Minnesota? Am I getting this straight? Your draft was in—you wasn't in New York. This is Minnesota at the time. Minnesota. Like, I, what's crazy is, like, some of the guys looked at me
5: like I was, like, one of the guys. But I was like, I'm the youngest there. Like, these yeah, are the yeah, guys yeah. that I was just watching on TV in college and stuff. Before I even came. So I had to really woo-side and, and, and kind of let the fan part of me go. I was just <laughs> watching these guys on TV and now I'm not a fan. I'm more of that competition now. And uh man, me and Q were just going around just watching and peeping the scene, man. I remember Jamal Crawford uh, up in there. He already had the chains and everything. You know, we ain't had a, we ain't got a check yet. Only check yeah, we yeah, got was the upper that chain. We were still scared to spend that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, you're seeing some guys already got their chains. I remember Corey Alexander, he already looked like a pro. He Mm -hmm. had earrings, was playing a necklace. He had to walk on. He he walked around like he already a five-year vet or something. So when the Clippers picked me at three... You know, I'm still just ecstatic. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> like, like, yes,
4: thanks. <laughs> I, I don't worry
5: about the what team and what what else going on now. But I'm at the draft. I'm just I'm happy to get picked. I'm happy that I just broke
4: history with the third pick in the 2000 NBA draft.
0: The Los Angeles Clippers select Darius Miles of East St. Louis High School.
5: You know, I'm the highest draft pick. Ever to be be picked, I I didn't just pass my idol, which is KG, of being the highest draft pick to be picked. I'm just happy and ecstatic for it. Then, like later on in that draft, Q slipped. He mm. slips. My agent had a phone call with the Clippers, be like, man, the perfect duo. If you pick Q
4: at <laughs> and so and so because Q okay, was, so he didn't he didn't notice you put the word in and no, said, did, or your I agent didn't. said, I didn't, I didn't. the my agent. agent.
5: My
4: agent.
5: Who's, the who, word who's in, your agent again? Jeff Wexler. Jeff Wexler yeah. puts the
4: word in. Is like
5: these two right here. Y'all pick coming up like Q and D is like homeboys, homeboys. Y'all just picked the. I picked him high. What's perfect in the picking one of his close friends to be on the team with him, and you getting a wow. you, you getting a real good player. You know what I'm saying? In yeah. That. This can be your future two three, Ether and uh. The Clippers picked Q, I think it was 17th or 16th or something like that. Uh, but Q Pose got picked between eight and 12. I think. Yeah. And he slipped a little bit, and, and which was a blessing. It, w- it was a blessing in the sky. Cause when I heard they picked Q, <laughs> like, we went into this, we never thought it was a, even a chance or a possibility, us playing with each other. We felt like this, yeah. th- this summer that we had, this experience that we had of working out together, preparing for the draft with – that was it, and we, we were not going to get a, be able to play with each other again like that. But for them to pick him at that, I felt like I just got picked all over again
4: wow. on the team.
5: You know what I'm saying? It, it made it so much better. It made my transition to the league so much better by
4: having him with me. But we can get back to basketball. Talk to me about this draft suit. Killing. Oh, I know you was oh. killing them at the time. Talk to me about the draft suit. Who picked it out? Were you swagging on them? Talk to I, no, I see it. no chains. No,
5: <laughs> nah, nah cause we 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 were scared to spend our money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We yeah. scared to spend our upper deck money because that was the only money that we was getting <laughs> right away. But no, nah, uh my, my, my suit was uh my guy out of Chicago, man, he hooked hey. me up. Uh, you know, I got this that Steve Harvey baggy. Oh yeah, yeah, owner, yeah. Cause, Trust me, I was <laughs> sticks and bones under that suit. I, I ain't, ain't wearing like, that much, but uh, I wanted to just stay simple. I ain't want to be too loud. I'm not a loud dude, or, or a real flashy type dude. And um, we picked the gray. Uh, my mom helped me out a whole lot. Like I ain't never really wore a suit outside of prom.
0: Yeah,
4: uh,
5: you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that I had. So this to be able to pick a suit and and, and come out like the. The whole transition of it, like getting measured for the, the whole nine. And, you know, Chicago, they, they was doing that down there. And I got my suit straight out of Chicago. And, and that's, that's what we
4: came up with. All right, Black, talk to me about, now Q has his story. But people don't know, you know, Summer League is one thing you know, training and then and then you kinda show up for training camp in regular season with all the OGs, all mm-hmm. the vets. So you don't see the vets until day one of training camp for the most part. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that first day, those first experiences where it's like all right, I know Q, but I don't know the—I know 50, I know Q, I know I'm feel familiar with some of these guys, but, like, how about these OGs coming in? What was that—those for? first—were you button hands? Were y'all cool? Was it Big Brother, Little Brother? Talk to me about those experiences, because y'all boys came in to make noise. Yeah,
5: we was kind of cool, though, because, like, like, us, Keon—we knew Keon from AAU. Like, hmm. uh, Lamar only is a year older than us, like— yeah. All of us was kind of in the same AAU circuit. So we kind of knew everybody, especially Corey. Like, Corey, he's from Chicago, uh, even though he was a year in the league before us. Like, so it was a fairly younger squad. So we can come relate to these guys. The guys that's been to play, we're all 21 and under. You know what I'm saying? They got five guys that's 21 and under. So it was, that transition was easy. I remember the first day we had to run the, uh, a mile and under, I, what was it, under, Four minutes or something like that. <laughs> five, five. five like, That's five. still five. might be six. That, yeah. If y'all win in the five, it's still crazy. Yeah. So I remember that <laughs> we had to run that mile the first day. That was my first time ever doing something like that. So my thing <laughs> was to it's to chase Earl Boinkins and chase Corey Maggetti because this feel like that wow. was the two guys that was in shape. I wound up coming in. Uh, I think I was like the fourth or fifth guy coming in. I think Earl was in front of me. Corey was in front of me. And I think me, Q, Keon, and the rest of us kind of fell in to the yeah, spot yeah. after that. But that was that that was was the big that was a big adjustment for me to come in and sit here and have to run a mile and, and have to pass. And if you don't pass, it, you'll have to run a mile again. So again. I was determined to... Because <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I couldn't time, so I just put my head down and run. But when we got on the court... Man, we had great veterans like Shine Rooks. Man, they're Str- oh, strong. Yes, uh, like like them was them guys that, that that just made it cool. The transition was kind of cool. Michael the was a little little goofy, but you know he was a real cool guy.
4: Yeah, yeah, guy
5: too. So like our team, we didn't have no expectations, so we didn't have the type of energy or the type of. Aggressiveness or the type of you got to get your shit together for us to continue yeah, a winning yeah, yeah. legacy. Thanks. That wasn't on our team. Our team was like a whole mashup startup. Even with the coaching staff, that wasn't even the same coaching staff that was there the year before. Who was the
4: staff when you first came in?
5: Man, we had Alvin Gentry and rest in peace, my God, man. I love this man to death, Dennis Johnson.
4: Yes, the <laughs> great wow. Dennis Johnson.
5: Like that was that was. Like, he was my guy, guy. Like, uh, we had John Hammond. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's the GM for the Orlando Magic, man. We had some some real good starting guys that brought a, a thing together. Like, people don't realize, like, they won 18 out of 82 games the year before we got there. After that first year, we won 31 games. And mind you, we won 31 games in a league where we really is a, a college team. Super facts. Like we, We're the youngest team ever to be assembled and put together. We have five kids that's that's under 21 years old, and we won 31 games coming into the league, and I, which I feel like that's a big jump because this was a grown man league when we walked through the door. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So people don't really give us props. They be like, we was getting smacked. We wasn't the worst team in the league. We won 11 Not all. more games or 12 more games more than they won the year before us, and they had... Derek Anderson and and Maurice Taylor and all these, these
4: veteran guys
5: that's been in the league a
4: while. I, I tell you right now, I, I grew up in Pasadena. Like I said, I I grew up watching the games. Y'all listen, Black, you don't understand. I thought I was you with the headband and the whole Fair thing. Not. You know, you you young and you looking at Mike and Cage. Yeah. I'm looking at you. You know, we rock with you. So in L.A. we was all Laker fans, but it was like from the Hoopers. Y'all was us. Yeah. Y'all was us. Y'all was for the culture. What you guys did in that movement was was so literally so uh, ahead of its time. The head tab, the head, like the, the culture. Then y'all was team Jordan. Yeah. It was just getting put on. Yeah. Y'all ask this a lot, and we got it. We got to come around to it. Who gave you the business, man? Who who tore you up? Who who just lit? Because listen, you, oh, hold on, Black. When you played the four, you had <laughs> this. Th- this position is dead now. Carl Malone, KG, Tim Duncan, Dirk. I don't know if you got a sprinkle of Barkley, and the, the power forward and the shooting guard was the best in the in basketball in yeah. all the sports at that time. But yeah. well, who tore you up, man? Who get? <laughs> the first one who got me, it was Chris Webber. He
5: had like he had like thirty eight, and he was hitting that free throw line jumper, and he was jump hooking the out of me. I'm, about, like, I'm, I'm trying to time it. I'm trying to knock him off his rhythm. Like, I done tried like eight different ways, and he had like 38 where I felt like, yeah, that was me right there. And there was nothing I can do with it. You know what I'm saying? There yeah, yeah, like, yeah, was yeah, nothing yeah. I can yeah. do with it. Chris Webber, he was just jumping hook, jump hook, jump Ugh. hook. He, he running screen and roll, pick and pop. He, he free the yeah. line J. It was just, he went through one. On me. So he was the first one, that I was like, damn, I, he got me that. Big thing about me was, man, I took total confidence of being a defender. Like, me being straight out yeah, of high yeah, school, yeah. like, my team, and not only the coaching staff, my rookie in my first two years, they they trusted me to guard the Kobe's, the Webber's, the KG's, the t max and all that, fresh from high school. You know what okay. I'm saying? So that gave me a level of confidence that, yeah, I really posed to be here because they – they know how how competitive I am and how serious I take, you know, on the defensive yeah, yeah, yeah. end. And I knew with the defensive end, that's going to get me on the floor and finishing. that's what it is. So, you know, I took the challenge. And as a team, we took the challenge every night to just be better. We didn't want to be the bad news Clippers. Like the stuff with Keith Kloss, they showed us that through the game. Mm. Like, yeah, don't be out here doing all this stuff because look at this and look at that. But uh, like I said, people don't, if you really dissect the first two years that I played, like I say, they won 18 games before we got there. They revamped the whole team and brought five guys that's under 21, the youngest team ever assembled. We won 31 games. So we won 14 more games than they won the previous year. The next year we won 39 games and we mm. two games out the playoffs. That's how our progression was going. What's even more crazy about it. They could have gave two guys a hundred million dollars a piece. They could have maxed out two guys and put them on our team because everybody on our team was like on a the rookie there. <laughs> like that's what make it even more crazy. It, it
4: was it was too far ahead of his time. It was it was like too yeah. It was too far ahead of time. Yeah. Hey man, I got I got to ask this, bro. This is just a personal. One I want to know like. Y'all had that dude, the Mamba, on the other side. He he, most so keeping a butt fitting with what y'all was doing, mm-hmm. but he was over there with the Lake Show and doing time. his thing. You said you matched up with him. Yeah. What what was that relationship like with Bean? What, what, was it at that time? Was it Beef? Was it was it the Young Alphas? What what was that like? You going out and guarding him and going at him. It, it, it And then it was this. This was a real battle for the city. This yeah. was a real like, you know, and obviously they the Lakers, y'all the young star. Mm. What was that like matching up with Bean? Did y'all have some run-ins and programs in summer or, you know, shoot arounds or whatever? He was, he was like the Bruce Wayne.
5: Like we never seen <laughs> him except for on the on the court. Like we never seen him pull up. <laughs> like, it's like it's like uh. he just appeared <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> and he was always equipped to go. He was the one though, because all of us was, we couldn't match up with Shaq. You know, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we yeah. know who they are and, and what they are doing. They haven't won a championship yet, but the aura of them when we when we got there was them. And we just watched they showed us a tape and we watched Shaq score sixty on them the year before we played on his birthday. Oh
0: man. Sixty
5: one points. So that year we beat them. You know, for us to be a young team and Uh, beat them and so forth on. And I used to hear the stories about how Phil never wanted the Clippers to beat the Lakers. So when we beat the Lakers, we celebrated like we won the championship (laughs) until we beat them. And Derek Fisher and Kobe Bryant had the type of energy, the young guy energy
4: that we had.
5: The rest of their team was veterans. They they didn't have that type of energy enough. So every time we played them, it was always like Derek Fisher and Kobe is trying to keep that level intensity and keep that young energy going. But the rest of them was veterans. They weren't weren't on that. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, we split with them. We beat them twice that year. And that was just amazing because, like, when I got to the league, it was – of course, there was a bunch of players on the wing that was great and good. But the ones that was on top of my list that I felt was better than the other ones, Kobe and T-Mac was just something different. Yes. Like, they was they was different. Like, they had a counter for everything you took away. You know what mm. I'm saying? And so when, I, when we played them type of guys, Kobe and T-Mac, them was the guys that all of us was trying to be on the level and be like or even be like, be better than Like, from me, Maggetti, to Q, to Keon, to all of us, we was trying to be on the level of them. So getting the opportunity to play against Kobe, like, we was at their neck. And that was the good thing about our team. And I feel like that's why everybody, like, we was exciting. And we didn't bag down nice. from a grown man league when we was really college kids in it.
4: How was that matching up with T-Mac? Was there, was there a play when you were guarding T-Mac? and was like, dang, dog. Like, I just threw... I don't know or, or like, hey man, we just gotta fight. Like when like, when I used to play somebody who was better than me, I'd be like, I'm just gonna get physical, I'm gonna fight, like I'm I gotta, I gotta just do my work early. Like, was there a play with T Mac where it's like, yeah, I see what I see what it is. I yeah. I, I see Every time I
5: seen T Mac, he had about 30, 35 in his pocket. Way know <laughs> You know? <laughs> one of my things, my rookie year, we played against them, and I think he had, like, 36 or 38, and he was he was just going. I was guarding him most of the game, me and, me and Lamar, but he was just going through one, but we was in the game, and I was having a good game. We went, I had a bunch of dumps, and at the end of the game, they got him the ball, and I blocked his shot to win the game.
4: And that, that gave me so
5: much even more confidence, like, he got the ball. I gambled. I reached. I missed it. He he wound up catching it. He turned, tried to lay it up. I quick jump, blocked it. Uh, I think Darrell Armstrong picked it up. I blocked it again. And Ooh. we won the game. So, you know, <laughs> I was feeling myself yeah, at, yeah, after yeah. that game. So that was one of the games that really uh upheld my confidence to a whole another level because I really respected T-Mac and Kobe as the, the top
4: two wing players in the league. Stay tuned, guys. We're going to go into the NBA Rookie Life Film Room coming up next. And we've got some very, very fun clips, exciting clips, historical clips. We're going to break down with Darius Miles. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back.
0: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings. An official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick Six app now and use code DK Hoops for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DK Hoops only on DraftKings Pick Six. The crown is yours.
1: Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler, 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pig 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up to date lists of states, visit dkng.co slash pick six states. Void where prohibited, see terms at picksix.draftkings.com 6draftkingscom promos.
4: all right now we, we we tore you down now we got to pull you back up because listen listen but you were one of the most exciting players of all you had the league full of megastars but y'all own sports center yeah. in fact you own sport people don't know that like so everybody goes viral now you had to go and watch Sports Center, and if you missed the top 10, for one, it was only 10 highlights going out that we all watched, yeah. and if you missed the top 10, you had to come back in the next 30 minutes or so and try to see, catch yourself on a highlight. You couldn't just pull it up on the phone. So Black, let's go into the uh, NBA Rookie Life film room, and I need you to break down to some of these plays. What was going on? What was the fear, Why was the moment so big? Who threw you the pass? Well, I need to know the scoop behind some of these plays. And so listen, I grew up, I watched these things Listen, more times than you can count. Walk me through this one. I think this is the live that L.O. gets you. Y'all playing Sacktown. You yeah. talk about Webb having a piece of you. So what was happening in this game? And walk me through this clip.
0: Go back to the He'll fire it. again. Odom gets a piece of it. Ahead to Lamar. The lob. The jam. What a punctuation mark in this one. Oh, me, oh, my. What a play. The, of the game,
4: blocked by Lamar Odom, who just kept running. Sean Rooks looks up short and throws it. Lamar Odom, the court presence, the sense is just throwing up Hello. at the basket. The play of the game, the play of the season in the NBA, the Los Angeles Clippers, uh-huh. rout the Sacramento Kings, send them home to cry in their beer.
5: First of all, you need to really look at this clip because you look at the time and the score. Like uh we're, we're I, 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 we're I peeped and, it. We're up <laughs> and winning anyway. So this we didn't even have to do this, but that's tell you how wild and young and how we just didn't really care. <laughs> like we, Boy. Was, we was making a name for ourselves as a team and as a, as individuals. 22 seconds on the clock. Sacramento, trust me, if we want this is probably the one game in three, four years that we won against them. So this is the game that we won. We actually played them real good. And, uh, man, uh, at the end of the game, Sean Rooks got it, and he just threw a, a deep – it was a tip from Lamar. Sean Rooks got it, and he just threw a deep pass, and I just know Lamar. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I just know Lamar. So I, that's what made me keep running and going for the lob, but I just know Lamar would do something sick like that. and. You know, when I seen Rooks throw it, I just knew Lamar was gonna do something with it. And it just it just happened perfect. Which I feel like this is the best live ever in NBA history.
4: (laughs) Cause here's the thing. OG threw it off. You know, OG like, hey, let's go, we out. He could have held that thing out. OG (laughs) sure.
0: Yeah.
5: That was the type of team that we was like. What, what guys get mad at these days for a guy that's scoring or getting the dunk at the end of the game or so forth on, we didn't care. Like, we, we didn't care. We was young. We was breaking the rules. And we was doing <laughs> stuff that, that a lot of cats didn't do, like the celebration. Like, a lot of people didn't take kind to us mm. coming and celebrating. A lot of people yes. didn't take kind to us, Like, every time we scoring and stuff, we celebrating and all that stuff. Some people liked it. Some people didn't and that's how we broke the barrier. Like, games like this, like, in today's game, they'll try to get mad at you for doing that Super and fans. the game over with and so forth on, but we didn't care, we was ready to fight, we was we <laughs> ready to do whatever <laughs> they were talking about doing about it because it was about <laughs> us and our team because we was so young that, you know, they didn't want us to shine like that, and we was a Clippers. So yeah, we had yeah. to start from the ground up.
4: All right, now we got to go take a look at one of my favorites, listen. Listen, before we run it, the right, I don't think you it's understand, but like, I was in high school practice, and I'm working on the right to let you. I never yeah. got it off in the game. I never understood. And, like, for you, this was the excitement of the type of player you were, a hybrid big, which is now this is the, the best. <laughs> At this time, it was like, what is it, you know? Yeah. And you made a way. so. How did you have these skills? And this is, this is one of the nastiest. This is <laughs> one of the nastiest plays I've ever seen in my life. This is one of my personal favorites. Run, run this clip in or just, you know, talk me through it and we're going to run this deal. They are trailing the Hawks at
0: home by six in the fourth quarter. Oh, Miles with a gorgeous move around Weatherspoon.
5: One of my favorite weapons I had was a right-to-left crossover.
3: He's gonna jack says I'll make my free throws down this no, trip Down two points. Miles on the crossover dribble gets around. Kobe slammed up for Darius Miles, who now
5: has 15. I worked on that. I had a right to left crossover since my sophomore year. One of the things that I knew I always can get it off on, which is what you see weathers right there, was yeah, the yeah. power forwards because they was bigger guys. They couldn't move them feet a, a real fast and so forth on. That actual game right there, Q went Q went through one. I think Q had like twenty eight or thirty, and me and him. That was one of them me and him games where we was really celebrating. But I always know my right to level work on the power forwards because they was kind of slow and they couldn't move. And you come on, man, this the garden in the garden. I was and gonna say that in the garden, but <laughs> I, I needed that for my for my soul for my <laughs> for my soul so bad and. To do it in the garden and just make it even more special, but that's just what it was, man. That's one of my favorite moves to do. That was one of my signature moves, right-to-left crossover. And if you look back in NBA history, I feel like my right-to-left is just as good as a lot of people's (laughs) right-to-left.
4: And you got OG Kirk Thomas. Kirk Thomas will take you out the air. Yeah. What was so impressive about what you did, Black, is that this league didn't give up dunks. And no. you got dunks in a league that was taking you out of the air. It wasn't a technical. It wasn't a flagrant. It was just play on. Get, get up and yeah. get you two free throws. By Richardson. Buckle
3: up. <laughs> Terrarious Mills, who just took yeah. the gravity out of the building. Oh, did he get up high.
4: Yeah.
5: I, let, me, let me tell you this story. This story when I was younger. When I started playing in the Pro-Am, we used to play uh, one of the guys that was on our team. His name was Big Bo. Big mean, I'm talking about big mean, I'm talking (laughs) about big 16, about 275, big mean boy down there, right? So we always used to practice, and every time I went to the hole, I always used to hesitate when he was down low. So one day we was just running, you know, running open gym and so forth on. And I got through somebody, and I went full speed on Big Bo, and I dunked on Big Bo, and he bust my nose. <laughs> but that was the day. That was the day that my confidence of going, th- jumping through the big brick wall, or jumping through anybody that's down there, or anybody's in front of me, that what broke, grew the confidence of me doing that. Shout out to Big Bo, man. He, uh, cause I always hesitate and I always would. You know, you know how you see you got a big guy down there. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. yeah. you don't go as hard as you pose to go. And that one day I was pissed off so much that I went to the hole and I dunked on Big Bo and he busted my nose. And I never feared dunking on anybody else mm. after that. So that's why my confidence when I got to the league. I don't care if it was Shaq. I don't care who was down there. I'm coming.
4: I read you gonna have to hurt me because I'm gonna jump the yeah, big, yeah, big yeah. wall. <laughs> Facts, facts. Let's uh let's grab one more one more clip because listen, man, like I said, we normally black we normally don't do this. You're one of the most exciting players to to play the game. Exciting young fellas. This was so far ahead of his time. What do you what are you reading here on this play? Who throws the pass? Who's it against? Break break me down and what what was this call here? Was this a read or was this something y'all would draw up?
5: No, nah, this was that, that was just read to spin live. Who's guard, Is that Lawrence? Is that Funderburg there guarding you? Yeah, I think that's Funnerberg. Oh. Mm. This was just spin live. This was something that uh I think me, Q, Magetti, us guys, we mm. added to we added to this team. We used to get these as an overall team. We used to get them like four or five times a game. You know what I'm saying? The spin live. if people come, if they on the high side or so forth on. Huh? So uh I used to do that so much in high school that they already knew, like if you try to deny me the ball, I'm spinning. Normally Automatic. like that, automatically like that. So stuff like that, we knew our guys' tendency. We knew what 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 we supposed to do and what we didn't pose to do. And, you know, a lot of this stuff they weren't doing in the league as much as we were doing. It was, that was when the game was really changing to a whole other level. Like we sped the game up. That's how we won a couple of games. That's how we won games and
4: how we competed in the league. Yeah, man, definitely. Listen, that, that's so far. I don't know if anybody even in the league right now, maybe Zion yeah. may be a guy when he's on it out of Spin Live. But, oh, that's the, here goes yeah. another one. I, it, listen, this th- that on, on Wetherspoon and this one right here, <laughs> talk me through this one already because Rod Modovich was a bad Boy, he was a big shooter. You know what's crazy? I was waiting for Romanovich
5: to, because to, I did it every time I played Romanovich. It seemed like every time I played <laughs> Romanovich, I right to left. I remember when Romanovich was playing with KG, and mm. KG used to scream out, right to left, right to Tick left, because <laughs> he knew. But Romanovich used to go for it every single time, and I never stopped doing it. <laughs> if you keep on letting me get away with it, I'm going to keep on doing it. But that was one of them ones against him. And, you know, playing against GP, that was a big game playing against Seattle and stuff like that. So, these how they used to let me ISO. And, man, that's why I say the Clipper team, we were so young and we knew what everybody could do and the special things that they can do. And, like I say, one of my go-to moves was that right-to-left crossover, especially on big men.
4: What are you looking for? Obviously, you said a slower guy. Romanovich, he went slow, but he he didn't have a lateral quickness, but... What are you doing to sell? Because you literally had guys on jumping on yeah. skates, and then the cross was coming. If you see on this one, usually I always uh, go between my legs. Like, I make sure stuff
5: clear. The, the room is clear. And, mm. you know, I go through my legs real slow to kind of give them a, a little base on them. And then once I, I put quickness on it to right to left, it's just over after that. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. i see you at the top. Ooh. Okay, okay. Listen, I didn't know you was going to show H-Town some love like this. All right, I didn't know you were going to show H. Johnson love, so I need you to break down a clip from one of my favorite young fellas. Shout out Jabari Smith Jr. Had the Shout best game of his Bar, career the, the other day, and you are very similar in frame mm-hmm. to Jabari, and this is the biggest shot of his young career. What's happening right here on this clip? Here we go. Comes into Smith.
2: Fade and fire. Oh! There by Jabari Smith Jr. They got it off quickly. They still left some time, but Smith hit the tough shot. Oh, my goodness. Now 30 for him, a new career
3: high, tying it up at 115.
5: I feel like the coach didn't even write Jabari up to be an option on it. This would make this play even more special because he wasn't even an option on it to get to him. I feel like the man in the corner and other guys was more option. Obviously, they was trying to get a screen for Jalen Green to come up at the top of the key to get a good shot by himself. But just Jabari, just knowing the game, knowing the time, and wanting the rock—you know what I'm saying—to him to get the rock turned and all that very tough shot, man. I I remember his pops back in my day. You know what I'm saying? His pops, yes. He won. He won. He won his as good as his son was. You know, so he more of a big man, but uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of. Uh, if Smith, man, and uh this is just a start from your confidence of what you need. Like, these games like this, stuff like that, them the games that you need confidence, them the games that you remember with them little moments. Like, all right, it makes your team believe in you. Like, oh, shit, you can hit a yes. shot like that. That means that, like, all right, if all else fails, we might not draw the playoff for you, but if all else fails, we feel we can get it to you Facts. and you'll make something happen with it. So I'm proud that he had the opportunity to do that. Uh his game is just overall, I feel like uh, you know, sometimes it's a gift and a curse being on a young team, like like mm. like how we was. It was it's, it's a gift and a curse. But it is it is a good gift because you get the playing experience. You get to play, you get to, to see what's going on and have fun. So I'm I'm proud of them guys.
4: And and here's the thing with Jabari, you know, I'm trying to think how many guys can hit this shot. Yeah. How many young guys can hit this shot right, right here, Black? Because, you know, what's the degree of difficulty on this look where he's mm-hmm. he's facing the baseline and coming coming off? How hard is this shot for, for a player to hit? And being right hand turning over his left shoulder. Yes, a lot of righties go right. Sh- facts. Like turning over his left
5: shoulder. Mo- most guys, they want to turn to their right. To turn from his left shoulder, that means you got to jump and turn all the way around to face the basket completely to get a, a proper and good shot off. Of that. That's that's the point. The top of the shot that he shot, the fade how, how much he faded away. Some guys fade away too much where it knocked him completely off balance. Facts. I feel that's, that shot was a great shot, man. And for him to get that opportunity, It shows a lot, and it builds your
4: confidence. Yeah, man, and this was, like I said, the next game, he balled into the very last game. He played extremely well. The team fell short, but, you know, he's getting into one of those zones. Um, I got to ask you something, man. Before we get you out of here, I got to ask you something. I had too much respect for y'all team and what y'all did Mm -hmm. for me to throw you out, But, but since you said it, I know you're taking a good look at the young Houston Rockets, Jalen mm-hmm. Green, Pron Shungun, all these young guys in Houston. Shout out H-Stan, because you Shout said, shoot, Houston. I wanted to go and play for Coach Rudy T. You know we're going to have yeah. to run this clip back. What advice would you have for our young team? You've been through it before. They're kind of going through it. We're, our guys are just super young, exciting. And it was funny, when I interviewed for the job, one of the first things I said, I'll I, I put this out. I said, We are that knuckleheads Clippers team. Mm -hmm. We are the second coming of that exciting, young, running up and down. But this coming from you, how do you feel about having that tag? And what advice would you have for some of these young guys? And when you watch, you know, what have you been able to see from our guys?
5: With our Clippers team, like, man, if you've seen us play in practice, we went so hard at each other that you, you would probably think that we didn't like each other. But when you look at them highlights of anything, mm-hmm. you will see how we cheered for each other when, when you got dunks or you'll see how we jumping off off the bench and and, yeah. and and doing all this celebration. You known us for celebration, but like we were so competitive with each other. One thing I would really tell them, guys, stick together and take it a day at a time because everything is a building process. It was us against the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm, you got facts. these old, you got these older guys like, man, we ain't finna let these young guys come in here and do that. We got these old guys saying like, oh, they showbone on us, so they're going to throw extra elbows. They're going to be a little bit more tougher. We stuck with each other. We was very competitive, and we pushed each other to the mile. But once we got on there and we put them jerseys on, it was us against the whole league as being young guys. You know what I'm saying? Just because it's it's just cause the league predicts you to be a bad team don't mean you're supposed to be a bad team. Like I say, they won 18 games before we got there. We picked no. now we got five guys under 21 and we win 14 more games than they won the previous year before being the youngest team ever assembled. We add another guy that's under 21 the next year and we win 39 games. But that was telling you like that. When you look back on it, they were like, yeah, we was getting popped. No, we was popping a lot of people.
4: <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I'm
5: saying? We was two games out the playoffs our second year. So nobody's gonna believe in Houston but them, but I love the young talent. I love Porter Green, man. Like uh when I seen Jay Up and Green, <laughs> when I seen them get drafted to the Rocket, it instantly remind me of me and Q, because I know how you close and they yep. am at home, boy. I've been watching Jay and, and Jay Up since they was in high school. I know how close and how they chemistry is, how they play together. It reminded us of us. It made it more familiar. But uh, just being patient, compete against each other every day without being jealous, without having that Mm. envy. Because trust me, it was games. Like, you know, we all play the same position. It was games where McGetty didn't play. It was games that Q didn't play. It was games that I didn't play. It was games that that Keon didn't play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we mad and we wanna play and we wanna put the time in, but it never shot us away from rooting for our brother. You know what I'm saying? We always rooted for our brother and we ain't bring that energy to each other. So leave the jealous and envy out of, root for each other. You only can make each other better by helping each other
4: out. And that's how it was for us. That's huge, and and our young guys definitely uh, needed that, man. Shoot, I might have needed some of that, some of that <laughs> pep talk, man. I appreciate it. Um, again, too, let me let me throw this out too. I I forgot to get to it. You talked about that upper deck money. Was yeah. it your first crazy buy? Was this sudden that you you know kind of like sh- showed you, showed your age? What what was your crazy buy, man? What did you buy? I'm, I'm gonna
5: tell the story. Like my mama drove <laughs> my mama drove school buses. She made uh, sixty thousand dollars a year. Uh, my first upper deck check. I had to sign a hundred trading cards. They gave me eighty thousand dollars to sign it. Wow! To sign like a hundred or a hundred and fifty trading cards. So I did made yeah. more money than my mama made in a year off of signing like a hundred trading cards. So that was uh, instant. That that's how the money yeah. e- instantly changed. How it how it shocked me. I told her my mama car uh a month before school or something like that. Told her the car she had a uh. A Pontiac Sunfire. So my first purchase was a Lincoln LS. I asked my mama what kind of car she wanted. She said she wanted a Lincoln LS. So I used the upper deck money and bought her a Lincoln LS. So she was like, yeah, I seen this watch in Walmart. It costs $30. Can you stop by there? Can you stop and, and get it for me? And I was like, you want a $30 watch from Walmart? I went and sure. bought a $5,000 Rolex. So I bought a Lincoln. I bought a Lincoln LS and bought a five thousand dollar Rolex. She never wore the Rolex. <laughs> she
4: never wore the Rolex, but, but I, she want, and, She probably wanted that thirty dollar watch. She I, wanted I, the thirty dollars,
5: and, 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 and that's what she told me. She was like, "I asked for thirty dollar watch, so I went and bought her the thirty dollar watch up, too." Mom. She wore the thirty dollar watch more than she wore the Rolex, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was my first, my first two pet purchases, which was Upper Deck money. I bought my mom a Lincoln LS, a, a smoke-grade Lincoln LS, and Ooh. I
4: bought her a $5,000 Rolex. Well, Black, if you ever want to total my car, you can have at it. Just make sure you safely <laughs> do it. Go ahead and rent my car off the road right now. <laughs> we'll, well, shoot, big bro. Thank you so much, man. You know we've been on it for a while. You've been mentoring guys like myself for a long time you become a staple, not just of your time in the NBA, but a part of the culture. It is, yeah. a, you are you and Q and Knuckleheads are part of history. We know for one, I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna let you say, make sure y'all go download, y'all check out, y'all go watch Knuckleheads. This was the culture for, for me growing up. This is what we were doing. We were getting dunks and doing this. And I was trying to right to left and trying <laughs> to post up big body like Q in the lane. And that, that team was, like I said, it, it was us. So for the culture, you guys were so advanced so go ahead and check that out but where can people find you aside from knuckleheads we know that like follow subscribe all that and what other initiatives do you have going on where we can get back and support you because we appreciate your time here
5: man i got a lot of stuff i got a project coming soon with uh kg that we we're working on i don't really want to announce exactly what it is but people need to look, look for that uh I have I own my own tech company uh, uh, called Impressive yes. Event Solutions. It's on all platforms, all three platforms. And Knuckleheads, man, the baby, the one that kind of put me back on the map to do something positive in this basketball space and, and tell these stories so people can see and hear the people that came before them and see the stories and, that they done went through and the journeys they done went through to know that we all kind of got, we all got different stories, but we all got similar stories. And th- that's about it. I'm on uh, Twitter and, and and Instagram. I'm not the biggest social <laughs> guy, uh, but, you know, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, check out Knuckleheads on, on YouTube and all platforms that sells
4: your podcast. And I got to give you your flowers while you're here, too, uh, big bro. You're a superhero to us. So your expectations, and I'm sure yours was, too, was... Kobe and Michael and 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 Hakeem, those were we we saw from you. Injuries happen. It's a part of real life. Mm-hmm. And I know when you go through stuff, I think it's natural to shut off. You know, we didn't hear from you for for years, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But you was a part of that was something that never got right with a lot of the, the real hoopers. Your career never got right with a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you being vocal on knuckleheads and speaking. And like you said, you want to play, you said, I don't talk to nobody. You don't talk to nobody. Opening yourself up for us to hear, we appreciate that. That's the legacy. We don't always see it. But I want you to know, I want your flowers right now. Like, your career hurt. When you got got hurt, I'm sure it hurt you, but it hurt (laughs) us. Because we like, we watching you, big bro. Like, what's the steps? We watching you out of high school. We watching the steps of how do we, we want to be like that. We want to, I I, I wasn't. You know, you were closer to my age than KG, you know, yeah. than, than Duncan and those guys. So we mm-hmm. watched you, so that, y- your pain was our pain, but to see you doing your thing on Knuckleheads, to open up, to speak, to tell your story, it's priceless, it's priceless, bro, it's priceless.
5: Yeah, I appreciate that, man. We in a day and age, man, where it was, it was kind of, it was shunned upon you to communicate and to, and to open up. And, you know, sometimes some of these stories come out and, and you know, it was shunned upon you that, that they'll say you're too crazy but I'm just glad that we, we, we're 20 years from now and we got to say these stories. We got to communicate better. Just not only with us, but our families and everything so they are know for the next generation to be better. So uh, I'm glad I'm just open to it. Uh, I've been through a lot in my life that I feel like it's, it was a, it was the proper time for me to open up to the world and just, you know, people who did look up to me or, or was wondering what was going on in me, just... Uh, being open to communicating, that's one of the things that we just don't do as a people as a whole, but I'm just glad that uh, the world is open to it now and it's, it's it's really serious with mental health and a lot of stuff that's out there that people need to know
4: man we love you bro we, pr- we appreciate it and, and appreciate thank you you, bro, you know man. for your time here too again man blown away humbled by what I just heard this is like like I said selfishly this is one of my favorite uh, podcasts here with Darius Miles a guy I, l- I looked up to I aspired my big my big bro and still killing it in the game and I feel like his career is so much bigger now post basketball if we can say that then when he played and he was a a mega star. but guys if you like what you heard we need your support and and, and it could be as simple as listen like follow rate subscribe and share the word man we we can do more cool stuff with your support so i appreciate you guys tune in next week and spread the word appreciate you much love everybody
3: Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
5: MTV's official
2: challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And
3: I'm Anissa Ferreira.
2: The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally
3: here. And this season takes it to a whole new level.